the number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Welcome to another segment of the UCW Radio Show. This is your host, Lou, a.k.a. Falcon Coparis, and I want to thank all of my listeners, as I do at the beginning of each show, for your continued support just by listening to the show. Uh, obviously, without you, we wouldn't have a show. Um, so we thank you for that. We're doing some great things here at the UCW Radio Show. We have a great team in place. We're bringing on fantastic guests with their amazing stories. And we just were adding new shows to the roster. So you have to keep tuned because October is going to be interesting. We have some fantastic stuff that I really can't talk about right now. But you'll see in the coming weeks how everything comes together. Now, in just a little while, we're going to have a very gifted actor on the show. This is a guy that has no fear in trying new roles to better a project, whether it's TV, film, stage, whatever it may be. He, he really, honestly, he's a director's dream actor to have on the set. And if you're a director, you know what you're looking for. You know, this is a guy that made it a point to learn everything from editing to lighting and directing and everything in between, all in an effort to better to become a better actor and better his craft. So, knowing all that, he knows what a director is looking for, so it allows him to do it in a smoother way. Uh, so it's all good stuff, and he's going to be coming on the show in a little while. But before we bring our guest on, I need to go over a couple things. Uh, as uh, I've been talking about, we have um, been chosen, fortunately, and I'm proud of it, We've been chosen to host the Ultimate Ra uh, Ultimate Body Radio Show, which is directly attached to the Ultimate Body Reality Show. Now, I'm going to go over this again. I've been going over this on the show, but for those that don't know what the show is about, uh, the Ultimate Body it, uh, sh Television Show is a reality show. It's a competition reality show. You know, kind of like the, uh, the Biggest Loser, but not. Um, it, this is a show where you can go on and actually become healthier, a top-notch bodybuilder, uh, and do a lot of amazing things. Uh, you have a great guy behind the whole thing, David Lyons. His story is amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm proud to know him. He's produced uh, Hog Heaven, the TV show, the biker show, the animated feature Creepers. Uh, so he's done some amazing stuff. And he brought in uh, Lauren Alvarez as a producer as well. She is well-known in the industry. She's done The Surreal Life, The Osbournes, Meet My Folks. You know, she's the real deal. So in short, you have, uh, in my opinion, a blockbuster hit, something that'll, a show that'll continue to run uh, season after season after season. But the reality is, and, here, and, and no pun intended, but the reality is that you can only do... You can only do a, sh a new show one time, meaning that if you are looking to get involved in a reality show, this is the one to get involved with because it is just coming out. So if you get involved, you know what? First time on, people will remember you are the first. So you, you kind of have an opportunity to make history in the Ultimate Body franchise, which is pretty cool, which is a pretty cool and unique thing, unique thing to do. 
Now, here's the premise of the show. You have 13 men, 13 women. They're all being put through vigorous physical training and dieting. I mean, the, the, the regimens are going to be out of control, but they're, they're all competing for the chance of being crowned the ultimate body. So, and then also the winners of the show, they get 50 grand apiece. 50 grand for the man, 50 grand for the women. Uh, they get a spread of muscle magazine. It's it's pretty cool. Some trips involved and everything. Uh, so um, the long and short of it, it's a unique opportunity uh, for anyone that's involved. Now here goes the bad news. Uh, there's the the last open casting call is uh, on October 17th, Saturday, October 17th. That's the last time you can get on the show for this season. And that casting call is going to be from 11 in the morning till 6 in the afternoon at the Ramada Orlando Celebration Resort and Convention Center. Now, that's located at 635 West Erlo Bronson Highway, and that's in Kissimmee, Florida. Uh, look, if you, are, if you were looking to get involved in a reality show and you wanted to... Uh, get healthy get yourself together this is the reality show for you you have some great people involved I, I went over the directors uh, David Lyons the directors the producers uh, David Lyons and then you have Lauren Alvarez but let me go into the judges you have the IFBB Hall of Famer Rich Gaspari you have uh, Natural Mr. Universe Doug Burns amazing story you have IFBB Bikini Pro and Top Fitness Supermodel Marcia Prince. She's a doll and she's one of the judges. And then you have Bob Cicciarello. Okay, he is the voice of the Mr. Olympia. You can't do any better than this group of people. Now, to find out more about it, just go to the Ultimate Body TV Show.com. That's the Ultimate Body TV Show.com. And all these people will be there on October 17th, uh, along with myself. I'll be there as well. Uh, so, uh, again, we're, we're very proud to be uh, a part of this whole, um, this, this great project that's taking place. And we look forward to great things with this. So we're looking for our listeners to uh, also support us in this deal as we move forward. So just keep listening to the show. Now, uh, I have to give you some additional information. If you actually not if you we want you we want you to be a part of the show so give us a call with your questions comments uh, just go to uh, ucwmagazine.com and then you can see who's going to be on the show we set up a little calendar so you have pictures it gives you a visual who's going to be on the show you can call get involved and be a part of it uh, give us a call at 323-952-4369 that's 323-952-4369 uh, write it down. Uh, give us a call. We want to hear from you. And also, the UCW radio show has opened its doors, as I talked about as well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, to sponsorship opportunities. So sponsors, if you wanted to get involved with a great show, the UCW radio show is the one for you. Uh, we're bringing, as I said earlier, we're doing a lot of interesting things. We have a great team involved. We're bringing in really great guests. And uh, we're also adding shows to the roster. The Ultimate Body Radio Show is one of them. We have some others we can't talk about, but it just gets better from here. Better and better each week that passes by. And you can find out uh, about sponsoring the show by going to ucwmagazine.com. Or again, you can give us a call at 323-952-4369. 
That's 323-952-4369. And if you're on Twitter, you can send me out a tweet, tweet your questions for our guest. I'll be your conduit to our guest. My Twitter name is Luis Velasquez. That's L-O-U-I-S-V-E-L-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. So follow me and tweet away. Now, without further ado, let's patch in this this great actor. And I said earlier, he's a gifted actor. And he is a guy that you want to keep your eyes on. Trust me when I tell you, you're going to want to keep your eyes on him as the months and years go by because you're going to be hearing a lot from him. Now, uh, he's waiting on hold, so let's get him on the line. Uh, here is Matthew Jagger. <laughs> Matthew, it's great to have you on the UCW radio show. Uh, I know we had a little mix-up earlier on, uh, but you know we've been trying to work this out. But finally, you're here, so welcome, <laughs> yeah. welcome. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, we, we and I say this every show. We always appreciate the time that our guests put aside for us, uh, and because your time is valuable, everybody's time is valuable. But you have a lot of projects uh, that you're working on right now, so you kind of like etched this out today, and I appreciate that. Um, and now, look, you, Matthew, you're, you're an actor, okay? Right. You, you've done, you've done some, uh, some film stuff, some theater stuff, and so on and so forth, you know. But this, this wasn't something that just happened overnight. There's a journey involved here. You actually, you know, you went to school. You, you did a lot of things, and and right. it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. <laughs> no, <laughs> and you laugh because it's right. Not easy. <laughs> yeah, it's still not, but it's still, it's just, everything is still uh, a work in progress. I don't care exactly. who you are. If you're in Hollywood, you're always a work in progress. And we, we talked earlier about Phil Morris. You know, I mean, I, I love the guy because he, he has the highest integrity and he respects the industry. And yeah. that is what means something because no matter what, you're always going to push yourself to the next level. So you're always evolving. Yeah, well, he said something, you know, it's funny, he said something in that interview that really, uh, it's something I, I've been saying to a lot of my friends back home, I'm from Wisconsin originally, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it seems like uh, they always, they're like, man, they talk about, I'm always working, they're like, you're always doing something, even if I'm not actually doing a play or doing a film, I'm like, you know, doing whatever you gotta do, sending out postcards or trying to meet new people or whatever, and it's like, yeah, but if you love what you're doing, it's not like work, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it becomes part of your life. It's who you are. And so all that work, it, it, sometimes it gets to be a little bit of a drudge, but at the end of the day, you're doing what you love to do. And I mean, if you're doing that, life's good. Yeah, no doubt. You know, you know, they say like right now, they say uh, that Ryan Seacrest is the uh, hardest working man in entertainment. You know, yeah, he, he works hard, but I, I got to say just to, you know, give Phil Morris his props, man, the guy works hard. He's working on a web series, all this stuff. But look, the show, this show today is not about him. Yeah, I love the guy, but Phil, we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk about you later. We're here for Matthew Jager. You know, so Matthew, t tell us how everything started for you. How did you get involved in entertainment? Well, uh, if you ask my mom, it was when I was a kid and uh, during... Well, you know, mom is always right. You know that, right? <laughs> Mom's always right, man. <laughs> She'll love that you said that, too. Well, I what did my dad say? My dad gave me advice for the secret to happiness as a man is your mother's always right, your girlfriend's always right, your wife's always right. You follow those three rules, you'll never be upset. Yeah, because they're happy and you're happy, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's listen, funny. My mom likes to tell the story of uh, when I was growing up, Annie was my favorite movie. I'm a, uh, I'm a redhead, as, as you know, people will be able to tell from my 
shots and the idea of having a redheaded um you know lead in a in a show especially for a kid was pretty cool right. and every time she would get she would sing tomorrow i guess uh, i i to this day, I say I have no memory of it. Mom loves to tell the story. I would get up in front of the TV and make everybody listen to me as I sang the song. <laughs> <laughs> of course you have no memory of that. Why would you want to remember that? But your mom exactly. does. <laughs> oh, mom loves, to, loves not only to remember it, but to remind everybody else of it. Too. <laughs> yeah. You see, when he was a kid, he used to sing to uh, Annie. And he used to, and he used to do. I have pictures. I'm sure she has film. Oh my God! I'm, I'm going to say you better lock that film down because you're going to get some uh, role with one of the majors, and all of a sudden, TMZ is going to have that footage. Oh, I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of good footage. <laughs> yeah, especially coming from Wisconsin, you have all that stuff there. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah. So you. So your mom thinks you saw it at that age, which she's probably right. Actually, she is right because mom is always right. But when 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 did you do you think you started in entertainment when i uh when i really got my uh kind of when the bug bit me was uh high school i uh, i went into high school as a freshman and you know i didn't know a lot of people um and so some of my older friends who uh, i'd met you know family friends whatever they were in the same high school i was they were on the drama club and they were auditioning for the fall show and i was like yeah what the heck you know i said you should try out see what you think i said all right cool and i went and i got a role I was like, wow, this is kind of fun, and I was doing it, and and rehearsals were really fun, and, you know, everybody seemed really cool, and so I really enjoyed that show, and then I auditioned for the next one, and I got that, and I ended up actually being in every show that my high school did while I was there, which was really cool, and and then I liked it so much, it was like, you know what, I wanted to learn everything I could, so I started learning how to do lights, I started learning how to do sound, and running the boards, and by the time I was a senior in high school now, <laughs> that was a while ago, so I've forgotten a lot of what I learned. But by the time <laughs> I was a senior in high school, um, myself and a good friend of mine, Jamie, man, we would, in, if we had a, a class going on and we finished our work ahead of time, we'd be going and working in the theater, working on the sound, working on the lights. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the teachers would come to us, ask us to help them out. So it's that thing where, man, once I tried and I got that taste of it, I just, I wanted I could put my finger in any pie I could, you know, whatever you wanted me to do, I'd try it. But, that, and, but I'm going to say something, and, and I'm glad that you that you brought that up because you went and you were doing everything. So you kind of like, you, you weren't afraid to go mess with the lighting or go do this or do that, but it actually helped you. Oh, yeah. It, no. um, I think for, for anybody, if you're a director, I think you should try acting. If you're an actor, you should try directing or producing or whatever because getting that other viewpoint and getting seeing it from from a different angle really kind of helps you put your role in perspective and also helps you um it really gives you a much bigger picture of the project Mm -hmm. um a couple years ago i I produced this web series and i was the writer that producer and i was i was kind of a very hands-on producer so i was probably doing some directing too but um i realized before when i was an actor and i was on set or working on something and the director didn't talk to me I get kind of like insecure, like, oh man, I wonder if I'm not doing something right. You know why? Why isn't he giving me any notes? Why isn't he? Yes. And I realize as a producer, you got so much stuff on your mind. Yeah. If you have an actor on set, you don't have to talk to and worry about. That's a good thing. You're going to bring them back. That that's because, so funny. That's so funny because, and I'm just going to interject for a second because oh, that's a strong statement, and it's and it's so true. We had um we had Joanna Key on the show, and she same as you. She started out uh, at a certain uh, point that she learned everything. She was she went to school for directing all the stuff, and she said it best. 
I mean, I guess well, I'm sure you're going to say it better right now. Since I'm going to tell you she said it best, but I don't know about uh, that. But, <laughs> but, but what she what she said, you know, she learned she learned everything about the business, and then when you are a uh, when you're an actor and you understand the lighting, you understand uh, what 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 the director is actually looking for because you were behind the the camera at one point, so you know what you would be looking for. That it actually makes it a lot easier for you to work with the director because you're not actually, you know, you know, trying to to figure out what he wants. You're trying different things to give him the shots that he wants. Yeah, actually, that's that's really true. It's um. I know I've worked with some actors who uh, they kind of it's a hard thing because the director speaks and uh, I mean, director speak. There are obviously different kinds of ways directors communicate, different ways actors communicate. Mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, there are some actors out there who kind of expect the director to speak their language. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I mean, actors go come from a very motivational standpoint, an emotional standpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, what am I trying to do here? And they the are artistes. Artiste. Precisely. <laughs> and a director wants a finished product. Right. So it, but as an actor, you can't just sit back and be like, hey, you got to speak my language and tell me what I have to do. you got to make that little bit of extra effort. of. And there are times where, you know, you just say to a director, look, what is the result you want? I'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you can have that perspective and if the director says, well, I want you to be more angry in this scene. Well, a lot of actors don't like to hear that. But if you can take that and kind of reinterpret it to and make that real for yourself, okay, well, I can't just angry but ooh, you know what would make me angry is if I did this that really kind that that makes everybody's job a lot easier and you know nobody if you're doing something you love you don't want to make it more difficult you want to make it as easy for everybody as possible because then everybody's having fun no without a doubt and if you see years ago in Hollywood all right let's say the 20s 30s 50s you know even let's say the 60s you had you know these uh, iconic uh, stars, they would go there and, you know, I'm here, I'm the best, and you're a director, you have to kiss my shoes. <laughs> but that but that was a mentality. Now, it's not about that. Now you have, you know, you have a lot of actors out there, but they understand because there was like, a, I guess, an evolving process. And maybe, you know, they saw, you know, actors that are coming up understand that, hey, I know what a director is going through. Because I took it, like you, you took it upon yourself to learn that. So if you know what the director is going through, you're not going to make it harder. You're going to make it easier. Because at the end of the day, one thing matters is having a product that is great. Because the producer is sitting there saying, yeah, I want my money. Okay? Exactly. And he only gets the money if the audience likes the product. Right. So, but it's your job as an actor to go and, and, and make the project, no matter what it is, and be a professional about it, no matter what it is, is to make it the best that you can make it. So learning what the director is doing and being able, be able to follow his lead, actually throw things in there to make his life easier, you're doing him a favor. And for a director, and I know, I know I'm talking a little much here, but I have to let this stuff out because it is true. Because we've had directors on, on, on the show, we've had actors, so on and so forth. So I'm like, you know, I'm just taking everything from everybody and just letting it out there so our listeners, you know, uh, get a good idea. And they, they do at this point of, of what, what works out. But you're smart because you learned everything. So you are like what a director, you're like a director's dream uh, actor in, in, in a movie because you already you you it's easier to to put you in a position where you can actually start doing stuff without him uh having to explain everything to you in a big uh i don't know 
and a big uh, letter or something. Or Ooh, I'm uh, a director's dream. Can I quote you on that? Yeah, you can't quote me on that, <laughs> but it, it's true because how, how many actors out there do stuff? You know, they, they're acting, but you know the director is like pulling their hair out because they're not getting the shot that they want. It can get. It can be. Uh, yeah, it can be difficult. I worked with uh, somebody who who will remain nameless, but who. Uh, <laughs> he he's done some directing himself, and funny enough, he he understood where the director was coming from, but he didn't agree. Wow. And it felt like it was his job to kind of help direct these scenes. And I was like, no, no, man, it's, you know, it's, at this point we're the actors. We got to interpret the director's vision for this project, and and you know, obviously there are times when, as an actor, there are times when it's appropriate to say, you know, I really think this would work better if we mm. tried this. But you still got to be open to, you know, I'll try it your way, you try it my way, and then we'll kind of see how it looks and go from there. Whether you're in a play rehearsing, whether you're doing takes for a film, whatever. But um, at the same time, I mean, you kind of have to know your place where you are on set. I mean, if, if, if you're the actor, then your job is to interpret somebody's vision. Mm -hmm. If you're the director, your job is to interpret that story. Mm -hmm. If you're the writer, your job is to provide a good story. If you're running lights, your job is to make sure that everything looks good. If you're the cameraman, then you're supposed to make sure the entire scene looks good. It, it, and obviously, I don't know lighting and camera as well as anything, as well as acting, so I'm sure I did not nearly describe their jobs as well as I probably should have. But it, you know, it kind of, if everybody has an idea of how they're fitting into this big puzzle, every piece is very important. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if pieces start trying to be something that they're not, eh, that can be that can cause some difficulties. Of course, of course. You're going to have a ripple in, 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 in the water at that point because everything has to work like a well-oiled machine. Precisely. You know, and and I just, I'm going to just throw this in there too because, you know, this, this is a bodybuilding thing, but there was a there was a guy, Bill Pearl. He was a top bodybuilder, Olympia type of guy, and he would go on stage. And then the thing is, he was smart. He understood where all the lighting was and everything, and he understood where the stage was and the whole nine yards. So he would go on stage and strike a pose. Now, if the lighting was off and everybody moved, he wouldn't move because he knew the lighting made him look good at that at that moment. <laughs> so he wouldn't go and move around with everybody else. So, But it's understanding your environment in order to make it, the best that it can be, and yeah. that was my point to saying that. So again, you know, just to, to, to pat you on the back, uh, you learning all that stuff. Uh, obviously, it's a big plus. And uh, you know, when you're when you're doing the Hollywood thing and doing film or TV or even web series or whatever it is, you know, you're first you're saving money for the production company. Okay, mm -hmm. because you look, the project is going along quicker because you're not taking 20 million takes of the same thing because there's an error. Even though you do you do take 20 takes of, of certain things because of the angles, but not because of an error. Actually, it's it's funny. Um, the one one of the projects that I have out right now is uh, it's uh, HBO Imagine is the name of the project. It's at HBOimagine.com. It's um it's that three dimensional project I was I was talking about a little uh with you a little bit before we started. Um, right. It's uh it's a series of shorts. And it's, it's this whole big story, and it's broken up into these little shorts. And then you, on the website, you kind of weave in through this three-dimensional maze of different stories, and they all kind of fit together until you get the whole picture. Well, two of those stories hmm. were actually – it's something that I've never seen done before. It was fascinating to me. It's um, These stories were shot simultaneously from four different directions. And hmm. so this one episode I was in takes place in an art gallery, and they set up from four different directions – the same story. Well, 
from what's happening, there's there's an event that occurs, and there's a diversion for the event, and then there's sort of what looks like it might be the event, but it's not, and then and so, um, but because nobody ever done this before, shooting from four different angles, and because each angle you see a different kind of piece of the entire story that happens within this this art gallery, mm-hmm. um, there were a lot of logistical issues, and so the shoot ended up running a little bit longer than was expected, but. Whereas in some cases, you know, people would start freaking out, pulling their hair out, you know, fighting, whatever. Um, the, the the company that was running it, and uh, I felt like the actors as well, everybody stayed real calm and they understood, okay, look, you need me to leave right now so you can set this up? No problem. They go do their thing. Mm-hmm. You need me right you, you know, what do you need me to do? How can I How can I make this process easier? Because everybody knew what we were going for, which was this really exciting new way of shooting something I mean actually if you go to the website when you get to these things the way it's presented um, they have some live events around the country that's actually this like 10 by 10 cube that you walk around so Mm -hmm. it's like you're walking around the outside of the room and seeing what's happening or on the web it's got a little cube that you spin with your mouse and so you can watch this thing in real time and be spinning the cube and looking at all the different angles that that, that is so cool yeah it's such a cool idea and but at the same time, because nobody's done it before, there were a lot of logistical things. But because everybody understand understood what they were trying to do, I felt like it went a lot smoother because people were willing to kind of put in the extra effort. Or on the flip side, if they were asked, to kind of step back and let somebody else do their job. You know, get yeah. out of the way and let people do their job. Well, that's pretty cool. See, I would think that anyone involved in a project like that would do whatever they they can do to make it better. Because with anything in life, you can only be a part of something new one time. That's yeah. it. That's it. You know, whether whether if, if it's boxing and you're the first champion, you know what? You made history. You you can retire for the next 50 years. Hey, who was the first champion? You were. Period. Who was the seventh champion? I don't know. Who was the first president <laughs> of the United States? You know that off the bat. Who was the 17th? I don't know. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's making history, man. And, and something like that is interesting because the, the, what was it? The the movie Vantage Point, which uh, had different perspectives from different people. Mm-hmm. But what you but what this project's about is just showing different angles. But on a it's, it's I like it. I like that idea. I like that. It's innovative. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. The guys who came up with it. Um... <laughs> they kept joking. Yeah, I don't know what we were smoking, but <laughs> but I think these guys were brilliant, man. They came up with something that in a million years I don't think I would have thought of. So. Well, you know what? I sent a message out to them, brother. Keep on smoking. Produce <laughs> 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 some magic. <laughs> now, not 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 that I condone smoking on the show. I no, need to, no, absolutely I, not. I they were joking. They weren't actually smoking anything. I, I need to stress that so that people don't get the wrong idea. You know, so you've done that. That's that's excellent. But now, let, let me ask you, Matthew. Let's crank back a little bit because we kind of went off course, and that was my fault. Now, <laughs> now, from high school, you went to college, and what happened in yeah. college? Well, in college, I actually, um, I did a double major. I did a major in. Uh, I loved acting, but I knew it was a very insecure kind of career choice and um, my dad's uh, an engineer actually with Harley Davidson uh, my mom's a psychologist so I, I kind of you know I, I wanted to I'm, I'm the oldest I wanted to kind of do something that I knew they'd be proud of and I felt like being a starving actor maybe not um, and I should say that had nothing to do with them I've been very lucky they've both been amazingly supportive mm-hmm. um, uh, both of them have flown out to see the play I'm currently in and, and it's been it's been fantastic. Um, well, that blows you know, my question out of the water. 
See, mama's over now, you know, because your mother and your family, they support you in everything you do. And I, that was going to be one of my uh, my questions for you, if your family supported your, your decision. But, you know, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of figured when mama, you know, said that you started doing this at a young age, so. Yeah, I, they were, uh, I know my dad, um, I was, I was kind of into math when I was in high school. Uh, and then when I discovered theater, I kind of moved away from that. And my dad, as an engineer, for a while was really excited. Oh, man, I have a son. You know, he's really good at math. Mm-hmm. And then when I started moving towards acting, I, I think I think somewhere he was a little bummed that he wasn't going to have an engineer in the family. Yeah. But, uh, but, me, well, but then my younger brother picked that up. So it's all good. Yeah, <laughs> but, but um, let me tell you something. This, this goes out to your father. He's, he's an engineer for Harley. Oh, yeah. So now, what what is cooler than having you're, you're an engineer for Harley, you're doing your thing, and what's cooler than you know maybe in, in a couple of years, whatever it is, or even in a movie, that, you know at some point in time to see your son on a Harley in a movie? Come on. Well, it's been uh, I, that's actually the that's the one talent I have I haven't been able to use yet. So I'm really hoping somebody's gonna throw me on a motorcycle pretty soon. Yeah, um, you never know. Now we're talking about it now, so uh, go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so anyway, I took a, a double major in college. I was going to do acting for fun and then do video editing because I really liked entertainment. And okay. I also I like editing. So, um, and man, I got to tell you, after one semester of acting classes and one semester of some broadcasting classes, I kind of shoved the, the broadcasting major to one side and just focused on the acting. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up a minor in dance, and, um, and it was kind of history from there. And then uh, my sophomore – well, really kind of sealed the deal was my sophomore year in college um, – they were auditioning for this uh, like after-school kind of special. Uh, it was actually a primetime special. Mm-hmm. Um, this group called Dream Builders, and it's this uh, competition where they people submit their scripts. It's for February, mm-hmm. uh, Black History Month, and Martin Luther King Day. And so people would submit their scripts dealing with racial issues. Mm-hmm. They pick one, and then they cast it and shoot it, and then show it. And originally it aired in the Midwest, and then it, since then it's kind of aired in different states around the country, so I guess now it's gone national, which is oh, cool. That's cool. That's and that's, um, that's very anyway, cool. that the day of the audition, I was supposed to help my dad paint the house. I promised him I would do it, and then I heard about the audition, and I was like, oh, man, but I promised my dad, and you know, it's the only day we could do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know what? Forget about it. Go ahead. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you know, I I, I, pro- I gave him my word I would, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go back on that. And he said, well, tell you what, it's supposed to rain. So if it rains, we'll go out there, we'll get you set up in your dorm, you go audition, and then, you know, we'll paint next weekend or something. He was going to have to take an extra day off of work or something. Mm-hmm. So got up that morning, and it was kind of drizzling. Not mm-hmm. not real bad. But my dad, being the supportive guy he was, was like, nope, it's raining, come on, we're going to school. <laughs> <laughs> so we went out to college, uh, you know, went out to where I was going to school and set up the dorm and and sure enough, uh, the time for the audition came, and so I walked over and did my audition, and and then um, I guess uh, the winner was supposed to be told by the local news station, and I didn't hear anything, so I forgot about it. And about six weeks later, I get a call from the production company saying, hey, Mac, congratulations, so we're sure you already know that you got the role of Carter in our film, and, you know, <laughs> da 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 And I said, uh, no, I didn't know, but that's awesome, great. And... Um, <laughs> And she said, well, okay, we'll be flying you out on a Friday, and then uh, you'll shoot Saturday, Sunday, you'll have Monday, Tuesday off, and you'll work again Wednesday, and we'll fly you back Thursday. I said, great, when is it? This Friday. Wow. 
And did okay, you well, did you say Monday. did you say to them, you, know, you understand today's Thursday, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I spent the week just going to all my professors, going, you know, it was kind of a fun excuse. But I was like, I have to go shoot a movie, so um, I'm going to be gone all next week. Uh, what's my homework? And so um, <laughs> so I went out there and I got to work with uh, Christopher B. Duncan from the Jamie Foxx show, okay. Elizabeth Berkeley, who I'd grown up watching on Saved by the Bell, mm-hmm. um, Greg Lauren, and it was uh, and. After working with them and just seeing how they worked and, and being on a film set for the first time, it was like, all right, this is it. This is, yeah, I'm going to do this. Come, you know, let come what may. I may not make it. I may not be successful, but I'm at least going to try it. So, so that kind of sealed the deal for you. You know, you kind of solidified your, your vision. Yeah. That, that's cool, though. You know, so, but now we're working in, in theater and working on a, on a film with, I mean, two different animals or even on oh, a yeah. TV set, two different animals. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, you were doing a lot of stage work beforehand, right? Correct, yeah. And I, I still like to do a good amount of theater as well. Yeah, well, um, we're going to get into that in a second with your, with your theater work. Yeah. But I want uh, people to understand, our listeners to understand, that you know it's a different animal. When you're on stage and you're performing and doing that, you you got to remember all this stuff. And, and I said this to one of our guests before, that, you know what, if I had to do that, I, it, you would hear crickets in the audience because I would forget everything. No, and it would be, you'd be laughing over there. You would be laughing in the audience, I know that, but that's okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, but it would take, not, not it take, anyway. uh-huh. but, you know, it takes a lot of work, you know, and it takes, you know, it takes a lot of hard work to, to, to do that, to do stage work. It takes a lot of hard work. I would say that I think film can be um, equally as difficult for different reasons mm-hmm. in just in the time it takes to set up shots and mm-hmm. the number of takes you'll do. Um, it's the repetitiveness and and filmmaking and TV and they, keeping it and keeping it alive, right? Uh-huh. And I mean, the thing I mean, people say you know theater is very repetitive. And it's true. You do the same show, you know, thirty, forty, fifty, eight hundred, whatever times. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when you do when you do a film, you're trying to get to a specific point. Once you get that take, it's locked down. It's there. It's done. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it right, you can do over. Mm-hmm. The thing that that always keeps me on my toes about theater is. Um, it's just the fact that no matter what, I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but it's so true. The show must go on. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what happens. I mean, I I did a over the summer I did a production of Macbeth, and for one of our final performances, I'm supposed to come out and have a conversation with another actor. That actor didn't make it for his entrance and never came on. So I had to turn, you know, while I'm on stage, I'd figure out how to turn this conversation into a Shakespearean monologue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a combination of sheer fright and a really big high because it's like, if I can pull this off, let's do it. And luckily, nobody noticed, and it came off really well. But it is that thing of, man, anything can happen. Right. Anything at all. You're exposed. You're exposed in the worst way because when you're doing a film or you're doing TV or even you're doing a web series or something, you know, and you're right because there is repetitiveness in both. The theater is repetitive because you're doing the same thing over and over with the performances. And when you're doing a movie, you're doing the same scene, probably 20. could be 30 times. It all depends until the director gets the angles that he's looking for. You know, and it happens, you know, um, you hear it all, you know, because a lot of people that don't understand what happens behind the scenes don't, they just see the finished product. Yeah. They don't see the yeah. stuff that you've done, you know. Now, but you've done, uh, you've done Macbeth, that's interesting, that's pretty cool. Uh, but you're working on something now that's, uh, that we were talking about earlier. I want to let you 
talk about it because I find it uh, pretty cool. Yeah, it's um, it's the 30th anniversary production of Children of a Lesser God, and it's being done by Deaf West, in uh, which I mean, who could ask for a better company to do <laughs> to do a show about the deaf world than a deaf theater company. There you go. <laughs> um, and uh, it's actually uh, the original production of Children of a Lesser God was done with Center Theater Group at the Mark Taper Forum, and then it went to Broadway and toured and became a movie and, I mean, did all the wonderful things that it did. And the original stage manager from that production is actually our director for this production. Mm -hmm. So it was fun working with him because he's like this encyclopedia. He watched as they changed the script and as Mark Madoff, who's the writer, would, you know, eliminate this character or add this character or change this scene. And he, he knows why every line was put in there. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, uh, growing up, my parents had put me in a sign language class when I was like six years old. And I took it in summer school until I was 13. And then I stopped. And I, I had a, a couple friends in college who helped me. Uh, one uh, a friend, unfortunately, who never became a good friend, but he was a friend uh, who was deaf. And he, he would help me a little bit. And then um, <laughs> uh, another another sort of friend, I guess, in college that helped me a little bit. But um, uh, but I really forgot most of what I learned. Mm -hmm. And so for this project, I didn't even submit on it. I saw the casting notice, and my, I didn't submit. My agent didn't submit because I was like, there's no way. They need somebody who's fluent. Mm -hmm. And then I got the call from the casting director, Amy Lieberman, and uh, she asked me to come in. Mm -hmm. And I went, all right, here, we'll see what we do. So I had some some books and I found a website called ASL Pro and I prepped the audition, went in, got the callback, went and did the same thing, prepped all the callback sides, went in, and then when I got in the room, Amy went, so you got uh, side A, B, and C, right? And I went, no, no, I got side A and B, but I got side D over here. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, you should have gotten side C here. We're going to do this one. <laughs> and that is a two-page monologue that is me screaming in the middle of a fight, and it's all fine as well. She said, well, you got a half hour, so go ahead and prep it. I went, oh, my God. So it's a stress level building, and the anxiety is, like, going through your brain. So I had one book on me, and I popped it open, and I just I started working on all the signs. And then you just what you have to do is eventually, when my time came, I went, okay, I've learned everything I can. Let's just do it. And I went in, and I got the role, and it's been um, – Oh, it's been a fantastic experience. I mean, from learning sign language, they have an ASL master that I was doing one-on-one, -on -one, two-hour sessions with, anywhere from three days a week to every day, mm -hmm. um, working with uh, Shoshana Stern, who plays Sarah. Mm -hmm. uh, people may recognize her face or name from Jericho. She was a series regular in Jericho. She was in Weeds. Uh, she was in Threat Matrix. Um, and she's fantastic to work with and... Uh, Speaking of theater being new every night, it's, it's, she, there are certain actors you work with who, uh, especially in theater, who really keep it fresh because every night they throw a little something new at you. Mm -hmm. And um, and I feel very lucky that in Shoshana I have a, a co-star who does that on a regular basis. So That's it great. definitely keeps every show alive and different. It, it, and, it um, keeps you from being uh, turning stagnant or being having everything become like uh, monotonous. Yeah, it keeps it prevents complacency. Right, right, right. Which is which is so important with theater, and uh, we've been real lucky that uh, the majority of the, uh, Backstage West gave us a great review. L.A. Times gave us a great review. L.A. Weekly. I mean, everybody seems to really like the show, and and we uh, we extended it. Mm -hmm. They released. We had a one week extension, 
they announced it last Friday. By Monday, it was already completely sold out. Nice. And so now we're trying to extend it again, but we might not have the theater has to do renovations. So we're not sure if we're going to get to extend it. It's been it's been amazing because we're the whole run sold out. We're trying to extend. It, just, it seems like they're we just don't have enough performances for all the people who want to come see us. So that's mm. <laughs> that's the exact position you want to be in. Yeah, but it, it may come to a point. You never know. It may come to a point that. Uh, you know, maybe they, they go on the road because you're just, right now you're in L.A. Oh, from your mouth to God's ears. Yeah, but but it happens because if you have, and we're talking about it now, you know, ch Children of the Lesser God, that, that you, you're doing this whole project. You guys are sold out, okay? You have the Deaf West Theater, you know, they're, they're, this, people are like banging on the door. They want more performances because you're selling out all the tickets. You know, uh, the production company, yeah, I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they're looking at other venues outside of there to have this thing go because if it's that good and everything you're telling me about it sounds fantastic you never know well that's uh... we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed and uh... if, if something happens um, <laughs> i'll definitely be letting people know yeah well then we yeah we get you back on the show and we talk about it you know and we, we go over stuff but now right now you're um... the uh, children of a lesser god is uh... What, what are you playing through october we play through uh, right now through October 18th. Okay. And, and uh, the possible extension, and uh, that'll be announced on the Duck West website and on my website as soon as I find out. Okay. Well, what's, and, well let me ask you. I, what's, what's the website for, for them? And for them, and we're gonna get to your website in a minute. But what's the uh, website for Deaf Deaf West Theater? The website for Deaf West Theater is. Make sure I got it here. It's actually it's pretty simple. It's www deafwest.org D-E-A-F W-E-S-T Fairly simple, fairly simple. Anyone that's out in L.A. and you want to see a great show, uh, go, you know, you're not going to be able to buy the tickets, but go to your scalpers, go. Pay, pay a little extra for the tickets, go see a great performance. <laughs> hey, you know, that, you know what, that, you know what, that's a great sign when, when scalpers are scalping your tickets. <laughs> Keep an eye out for them. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye out there. But now you 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 guys got uh, you got recognition for what you're doing uh, recently. Um, you, we were yeah, talking um, about it earlier. Why don't you tell uh, our listeners yeah. about it? Very very recently, this morning actually. Um, huh. Center Theater Group and Deaf West have a very good working relationship. Uh, Center Theater Group is the largest theater company here in LA. Um, and, and they're 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 producing they're producing the show. No, they're not. Oh, but man. they Deaf West has. Uh, they do a lot of cross, they do work together a lot, um, a production of Big River and a production of Pippin that I think Big River was four years ago and, and Pippin was two years ago, were mm -hmm. both done in conjunction with Center Theater Group. Mm -hmm. And um, right now in L.A., it's Deaf Awareness Month, and uh, the city of L.A. gave out awards to groups who are, who are standouts in the Deaf community. And Deaf West... Uh, was awarded that, and so uh, we were invited, Shoshana and I were invited to come in and do a scene from our show, and uh, Deaf, West was, Deaf West and Santa Theater Group were presented with a, a very nice award from the city, and it, it was a nice morning, nice way to start out the day. So. Oh, well, that's good. Congrats on yeah. that. I, I thought that, you know, when, when you told me about it, I thought that was awesome, because, you know, to get th that type of recognition, and, and the, uh, I guess, in the arena that you're in, is is fantastic because now you know it's it's showing that your work is actually affecting people. I, I hope so. It's actually it's been um since I've had 
uh, like I've got, like I said earlier, I have the HBO thing out, and then we've got um, Children of a Lesser God, and then also I, I've got a, a film out right now that we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, the weirdest thing has begun happening, and I've actually, it's, it's, it's. I actually, when it first happened, I had to call my bro- my younger brother and make sure he wasn't messing with me. Mm-hmm. I started getting fan mail. Nice. As you're talking about recognition. Yeah, nice. And it's such it's such a cool thing because it's like for some reason somebody wanted to sit down and write me a letter. And it's 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 like it's weird. On one hand it, it seems like, oh, you know, wow, look at me, I'm so cool, I'm getting fan mail, but it's not that. It's like, really? Wow, like somebody really just wanted to sit down and just kinda of say hi? That's that's so cool. It's really it's like it sort of makes you think, you know what? I'd really better make sure I'm on my game because that means I have people who are actually interested mm-hmm. in the work I'm doing. So I better not. I'd better make sure I give my all every time right. because there are people out there who, who, for one reason or another, care about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. If, if anything, it's almost it's a reason to kind of step up and put a little more effort into it, you know what I mean? No, no, without a doubt, because when you have fans, even with this show, uh, you know, I'm always thanking the listeners for listening to the show, because without them, this show goes nowhere, and it's no oh, fun, it's, it's no fun having a show when the one person listening to it, it kind of sucks, but... <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes people forget, like, I mean, mm-hmm. whether you're in sports or entertainment, mm-hmm. or, I mean, sports is the type of entertainment, if you're in entertainment, you exist solely for the fans. Right. That is why you're there, to entertain them. Right. And and without without the fans buying the tickets and going there supporting you, you're not going to command the, the $10 million, $20 million salaries. I don't care. And you're right about that, whether it's sports, whether it's uh, any, type of, any type of entertainment, especially, you know, and it bothers me. And I'm, I'm going to say this now because I have you on the show, and it's just something I thought in my mind, and it's the direction I go sometimes with the show. Right, but but it, it kind of bothers me when you have someone that's uh, an accomplished actor. They've done they've done great things, okay, and then all of a sudden they put themselves on a pedestal. You know, it just makes you want to kick that pedestal and bring them back down to reality. Because at the end of the day, if it wasn't for the fans, you know, where would you be? So it's an appreciation, but at the same time, I I do see how it can be crazy when you got you know people trying to tear you apart at the same time, and then you have to oh, contend with with the uh, with the TMZs of the world. All right. And that that is a problem. And I understand. And I know they're getting. They, I know they're going to get mad at me for saying that TMZ, but that's well, okay. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, they, uh, it can be. Uh, I'm sure that they will acknowledge that at times it can make life difficult for people. But mm-hmm. I mean, and I understand. Hey, every I love my privacy, and I understand somebody who wants their privacy. But I think it's. it's but at the same time, you yeah, what we were talking about earlier, you got to respect the fact that like, no matter what you do, you're a writer, director, actor, sports figure. You were there for the fans, and if it wasn't for the fans, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing. Right. You know. And and that that's a fact. And it may see you acknowledge that, and I think that's fantastic because once you acknowledge that, then then at least you know how to deal with it moving forward. Uh, I think that some people got stardom just by accident, which you know, it does happen, but you get stardom and then you don't know how to deal with it. It happens. It happens. People fall into drugs and things like that, but things like that happen. That's always, yeah, that's always really tragic when that yeah. happens because you know, you don't, you don't get to a certain level if you're not talented. So it's really sad when somebody who has a lot of talent falls into that. And, um, yeah, and it's, you know, some, sometimes you know you have good people that get you know they get bombarded or, or, or 
uh, well, the word is bombarded by the media looking for the bad things. You know, look, we had yeah. Michael Lohan on the show uh, a couple of days ago. You know, you know, his his daughter is Lindsay Lohan, so you know she's been through some rough stuff. You know, but people don't really know who the person is. You know, you know him personally, then you can make a comment. But when you have the media, uh just laying out all the bad stuff, you know, it it has to, as an actor or someone in, in entertainment like yourself, you see that stuff out there, it has to affect you. I, I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know anything about that situation. I'm not even going to... No, but I'm <laughs> saying, but in, but in but, in you, but you as an actor and as a professional, you know, if, you know, people are are painting a picture of you and you're trying to do your craft, it, it would have to bother you if something like that would happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you do you you want to make sure that you don't. Well, like you, I think you you put it quite well, actually. You know, if you know the person well, well, then yeah, you can say something about him. But mm -hmm. it's sort of like, you know, I'm not gonna go to the grocery store and look at, you know, look at somebody I just kind of see maybe in line at the bank or something and make a judgment about him because I don't know anything about him. Right. So you know. Go easy, go go easy on people. I guess you know, give people the benefit of the doubt if you can. Yeah, I mean that that's uh, good words that everyone should listen to. Uh, now, uh, Matthew, let's uh, you you did some uh, another uh, project, okay? Yeah, the, uh, just the, say the love. Third, yeah, the third one I have out right now. It's called uh, Just Say Love, and it's a uh, it's 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 a two man. It's, it's a, a gay love story. It's a two man love story, mm -hmm. um, and. Uh, it's based on a play by the same name, mm -hmm. and probably the, the thing that stand, that'll stand out if people first see it is um, it's shot. If you think of the film Dogville, the mm -hmm. one that has Nicole Kidman in it, right. it's a similar style, only it's more theatrical. There okay. there aren't things taped out on the floor. They actually have built sets, mm -hmm. but the style or the the concept of the film is like if you go see a play, but instead through the camera. You can actually get up out of your seat and walk around the actors, mm -hmm. do a kind of a close-up, step back, check out different angles. So it's done in a theatrical style, but with all the um, the techniques, I guess, of film. Mm. Which um, is isn't a, for for me. I thought it was really cool because we didn't have a lot of the extra trappings you get with film of you know big outdoor shots or anything like that. So it really made made it about the story and about the connection between these two people and um and uh the story itself kind of explores the the line between lust and love and and um the, and you know how connections between people begin and where's the line between a real connection and love versus just you know two people who are who have a more physical connection and um and right now, actually, we're in. Uh, we've been going through festivals. We were in uh, Philadelphia over the weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, over the summer mm -hmm. in July, we we came out. Uh, <laughs> which is kind of a funny phrase, I guess, for a gay love story. But um, <laughs> came up uh, with a bump. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Our most recent one was up in uh, Washington. We were at the uh, uh, Living Out Loud Festival, and mm -hmm. then uh, we'll be at the Image Out Festival mm -hmm. on October 18th. That's Rochester, New York, okay. and then um, we'll be at the Reeling LGBT Film Festival in Chicago in November, and uh, they haven't set the exact date for that yet, mm -hmm. and uh, for any of your listeners in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, we're doing a special um, benefit screening of the film October 22nd at the Music Hall, okay. and actually I'll be um, 
the production company is actually uh, having me come out and do. Uh, I think we're going to do like a little Q and A afterwards. So it should be uh, nice. Should be pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Now, but this "Just Say Love" it, it's is based on an uh, on a gay relationship, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay, but it's not. It's a. But I, I'm just. I just want our listeners to, to understand what it is. You have a give a someone that's gay and someone that's straight. You have uh, yeah. There's one uh, gay character, uh, one character who is uh, straight, and they meet and start sort of um, a more physical type relationship, and then it's it's uh, that relationship grows into some into a more deeper spiritual connection, if you will, and it's. Yeah. It's, it's an exploration of two things. Um, as, as I see the film, it's an exploration of, as I said, that line between a physical connection versus mm-hmm. a real spiritual or emotional mm-hmm. connection. And it also kind of um, explores the lines of what, you know, do you fall in love with the person? Do you fall in love with the gender? Do you fall in love with, you know, when, when you mm-hmm. fall in love with somebody, are you falling in love with them because of their physical appearance, because of who they are, because of something else that can't be explained mm-hmm. so it's sort of a yeah it's, it's an exploration of those topics well I mean what which, was was it difficult for you to, to, to do this role or um it on some levels uh, I, I am myself straight right. um, well, that, that's uh, why that's why I say that that's why I said, yeah. you know because it, it, um, you're playing that you know you look if you look at the, what was the TV show will and grace even though it's a, it's a comedy I forget the guy's name but you know he on the show you he is flamboyant the whole nine yards, but in real life, he's straight as straight guy. Yeah, the uh, the character of Will. Yeah, he is. He is he's married with a family, I believe. Right. Um, yeah, both both myself and my co-star, Robert Mamana, who's a very talented actor, um, we were both straight. And so in a way, that actually made it a little bit easier because we both had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> right, right. Um, but it's funny. Uh, I realized, especially now... Um, now that I'm doing this play with show and, and I also, you know, we have some more romantic scenes in that as well. When you're doing uh, a romantic well, that, scene... That's, you know, that's not a bad thing with having romantic no, scenes with show Not started. at all, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, there is... Uh, when you're doing it with somebody who there might be an actual attraction to, so for me, if I'm doing a romantic scene with another woman, there is kind of... There's always in the back of your mind that fear of like, i got to make sure that, that nothing crosses the line. You know what I mean? I have to make <laughs> yeah. sure that that we don't, you know, do something stupid that could, you know, damage the show or damage right. a lot. You know, especially if if you have a significant other or somebody mm-hmm. else in your life, you don't want to um, let the feelings you're exploring on screen or on stage carry over into real life. That, that, there can um, be a confusing thing there, and it happens all the time. You see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it happens. Because I mean, what you're doing is you really are exploring whatever feelings you have for that person. You're exploring them for mm-hmm. real. I mean, you're you're trying to bring them to life for an audience. Now, for the film, um, Robert was straight. I was straight. Mm-hmm. So there was really no worry about that. You know, mm-hmm. we're not going to run off and get married. No. So, but it, um, it, it, had, it had to take a lot for you guys to do it. That That's the point, because both of you guys are straight doing this, and you're actually telling a story, which I find interesting, because the, uh, the, the, the director of Just Say Love is Bill Humphreys. And, yeah, you know, he's been around. He's an Emmy Award winner, and he's done some stuff. Um, Fantastic director. He was really great to work with. Yeah, and 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 the thing is, the the way and the way that this is all set up, and, and especially in this time we're in, it's interesting because you're showing something that has to do with homosexuality, 
um, you two straight guys doing it, but you're exploring things in the film, and, and I think it's great. And again, you know, I'm not. I just look at the artistic part of it, and, and actually the message it sends out is that you're you're. It's the message it's sending out is like, okay, people are people. These yeah. are the things that, that that happen in life, where they, you know, a, a guy and a girl, whether you're having a physical relationship, you're having a spiritual relationship, that you love the person, this happens. So it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's uh, same sex or, or opposite sex, it's the same type of premise. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, it was, um, and that, that for me was what attracted me to the role and to the film was the idea of exploring that that line between different kinds of relationships and, and the fact that it was a gay love story versus a straight love story, whatever was just sort of, I just knew it might be an extra challenge to get over that. I don't know if you want to call it that, that wall or whatever, but when it came time for, the Oh yeah, that, that's romance, a wall. That's a wall. <laughs> but as I, as, um, what I was going to say, even, um, though in a way it was a wall because we were both two straight guys and we didn't have that other fear of anything romantic happening mm -hmm. on in a weird way it was actually a little bit freeing because you didn't have to pull back if that makes sense you mm -hmm. just kind of dove in and did it and then at the end you went out for a beer and had some sushi i mean it was <laughs> mm -hmm. so and i think the um and i i hate to ruin the magic of of love scenes for people when they watch movies but Usually a love scene is not, when it's being shot, it's not a very romantic thing. <laughs> it's sort of, um, you know, if there's a, there was a scene where I think I, I remember I'm running my hand down his chest and it, it's not like I'm sitting there and gently caressing him. I was actually looking at the monitor and going, okay, so if I do my hand this, oh, no, no, maybe if I turn my hand over, ooh, that looks nice. Okay, well, let's try this. All right, and okay, good. <laughs> it's not a very... Um, it's not something that's conducive to uh, uh, romance on set, if that makes sense. Right. Usually, I think where that happens is the the scenes, not where the actual, um, not the actual love scene, but maybe the scenes building up to that, where that more emotional connection happens. Well, I mean, it goes down. It goes back to what we're talking about that you can shoot something uh, twenty, thirty times, but at the end of the day, the audience sees what's in front of them. They don't see what happened. So. Mm -hmm. For the director to take all the shots, put them together, and and put it put it in a situation that people are either crying or they're excited, whatever the case may be, it it it's it, that's a craft, okay. It, there's a lot of work behind it, but then the end result is different than what what <laughs> what you're actually doing. Yeah, well, that's that's part of the magic. Yeah, yeah. Well, for those that that are in relationships with people that are in that are actors, understand that. You know, that it's not real, not all the time anyway, so <laughs> things happen. <laughs> Ideally, it shouldn't be. Yeah, but now you, you've done, yeah, it's interesting, Matthew, that you, um, when you were doing theater in uh, in, um, in college, when you were at, uh, was it, Marquette University, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you were doing some, some, some stuff there, but then you, you the, some of the roles that you did um, are are interesting. To say the least, you know you've uh, you played a um, and I found this I, I laughed. I'm gonna tell you I laughed when you when when I heard that you played a transvestite prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you knew I was gonna say that though. I was wondering where you were going with that. Uh, that was one of the first ever film projects I did out here, and they were looking for. I, on the casting notice, it said a transvestite who is obviously a guy. 
And I was like, well, they said, we don't want any real transvestites. I said, okay. So I looked at the size, and for some reason, this character struck me as a southern attempt at a southern belle. And, and I um, <laughs> so I went in, did my thing, and, and I didn't think I got it. It was fun. And uh, I got the call, and um, we shot it down on Santa Monica Boulevard near Cahuenga, um And for people who know that area, that actually is an area where you can find at certain times of the night transvestite prostitutes. Mm -hmm. And so I'm dressed up and I'm shooting this thing. And I even remember uh, we had finished finished my take. We were setting up for the next scene. And so I just kind of went, you know, just get a breath of fresh air. And I started walking and I went to the corner. And across the street, I saw an actual transvestite prostitute giving me a really dirty look. Mm -hmm. I just turned around and went back to the set. You, you, I did not, not want to be in a territory fight with anybody. Yeah, no joke. And you're lucky that somebody didn't come by and try to pick you up. Hey, <laughs> how much? <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I, I watch HBO. I see that stuff. <laughs> I decided to stay where it was safe. Yeah, but 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 for the most part, Santa Monica is beautiful. If anybody that goes down there, go to the oh, pier. Yeah, it's beautiful. This, was, uh, this was in Hollywood. It was on right. Santa Monica Boulevard. Okay, all right, so... I can't speak for Santa Monica. No, but, West, uh, West Hollywood, you, <laughs> you have some stuff over there, boy. <laughs> yeah, West Hollywood, you can find some fun things. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Oh my God, you know. So, uh, so that was that's interesting. But look, you know, one more thing, and I, and I made fun of it, but you know, the reality is that you're not afraid to try new things, um, and no, and, and um, your and your craft and your art as being an actor, and that's something. And we, we talked about it earlier on with Phil Morris, and uh, that's something that he he believes in, that, you know, you, you're going, you're trying anything, you try different things, you know, um, and with him, and again, I'm bringing, up, bringing him up again because he is such a great example of what a lot of actors should be like in Hollywood, mm. you know, I mean, and, you know, appreciate what you're doing, don't be afraid to try new things, try something different. If you're going to be an actor, um, I mean, obviously, talent. Um, but I think the only two real personality traits you need are determination and a love to learn new things. Right. I mean, if you don't love to learn things, then I, I really don't know why you'd want to be in this craft. I mean, every job I've ever done, I've had to learn something new. You know, mm -hmm. the story we just told, I had to learn how to walk in heels. Um, yeah, that <laughs> that must that, have been funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, but just just to touch on that, before you continue that thought, what I'm thinking is, what does your mama think about that one? But more important, what's your father think? He's like engineer for Harley. Oh, that's my son. He's wearing the, he's wearing the heels and a dress. I don't know if they ever saw that one. Well, oh man, they're gonna hear this. Oh my God, you're in trouble, Matthew. Oh my God. Oh, I'm sure they'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure your father's going to be like, oh, my God. He's going to be going to your brother. Yeah, how's that engineering going? <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm sure your parents are proud of you. You know, you're, you're, you're building up um, tremendously in, in, in acting and in Hollywood. Uh, you've done, you know, again, and I, and I, before you continue a thought that, you, that I cut you off on, but what, what you're doing and trying different roles, and this is just an example to, to anyone listening to the show that's getting involved in acting or, or is an actor, and you can't be afraid to try new things. Whether you are, if you are an actor, you can actually become, you, you can escape into a role. And if you're talented in what you do, yeah, you know what, you have that opportunity to do it because there's nowhere 
else that you can go from being a transvestite prostitute to go and and doing a you know doing a deaf role in, in a play to doing some some of the other projects you're doing and, and becoming different people. Yeah, that's I mean that's that's the the joy of acting. I mean, in I've I've fired fully automatic M16s and I've you know dressed up as a woman and tried to pick up another man. It's been, <laughs> I've done things from the most masculine, swinging a battle axe and, mm -hmm. and burying it into somebody's stomach to, well, to making out with another guy. So yeah, it's, um, you know, I've played the straightest of the straight and the gayest of the gay, and, and I've played killers, I've been killed, I've, I've gotten married, I've cheated on my wife, I've, I've you know, played a, a speech therapist at a deaf school. It's, 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 it's like a never-ending, it's never-ending fun time. Yeah. But you have to be willing to put in the work and the willingness to learn those mm -hmm. new skills. Right. And I think especially if you're somebody who has a wide range of interests, you're already halfway there. Because if you love to try new things, then uh, acting is beautiful. And you, you can't be afraid to evolve. Because that, you know, every, every, every role you, you do, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do you feel like you're evolving more as an actor and evolving in your in your craft? Absolutely. Um, I, I think even a lot of the roles I play, uh, I discover new things just about myself. Um, just because, you know, the only instrument you have to work with as an actor is you. Right. So, you know, if I'm playing uh, for Macbeth, I was playing, uh, I did not play Macbeth, I played uh, one of the, the nobles, but I played a very sort of tough battle axe wielding um i don't know it's a guy who loves to fight and so you know you kind of reach down you find that part of yourself and then for this um finding somebody who likes to fix things and be the white knight and 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 help people and, and all that and it's if you're lucky you always learn something new about yourself with every project mm -hmm. and you get to kind of discover parts of your own personality and bring them to life in ways that I don't think you get to with other vocations. No, and the other thing is too, and, and I brought this up to one of our guests, um, and, and just, I mean, all this is now, I just, I talk about people that we've had on the show that we have, that, are, that we're going to have on the show, and so on and so forth, because I think it's important, because it, there's a connection. Anyone that's, that has any type of success in anything they do, there's, there's, there's a passion there. Okay, and I think that your passion to show is just with all the stuff that that, that you're doing here. I think it's very, oh, very I think it's very interesting how you know, the projects that you picked, and exactly what uh, what you're doing. And I know that you know for you, you know, this is like the beginning of your journey, and um, you know, and you've done some some amazing things. Uh, but I I will touch on this with someone else. Okay, you look at uh, a guy like Heath Ledger. Okay, you know, God rest his soul. You know, uh, he went and he took on the role of the Joker. Oh, he did broke broke back man, but I'm not I'm not even talking about that stuff because we already went into the to the thing which were movie with the gay the, the, the gay thing. Yeah. But still, but that was that was something that he had to become that person, the Joker. And the reason I'm touching on that because the job he did. That he had to live like that. He he, he he was so engulfed in what he was doing that he actually lived that way so he can become that person. I, I, I didn't realize that he had taken it, um, that he had taken it to that extent. I, but I knew, I mean, I've seen the film and I, I've, 
I was in awe of that. I heard um, I heard one uh, reviewer when that movie came out say, well, you know, there wasn't too much. He could pretty much do whatever he wanted with the role, so, you know, it's not that impressive. I was like, excuse me? Yeah. He could do whatever he wanted, and he did that. That was brilliant. He could have made it to anything, and so, in a way, I thought that made it even more brilliant. He didn't have a lot of, like, there was no backstory given about mm-hmm. him. There was no, um, th- there was nothing explaining why he was the way he was. It was just the lines he had to work with, and what he did with that, and it was, it was just amazing. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. And I, honestly, when I saw it, I was in awe because he, again, he became the Joker that you, you were drawn in there. Like, oh my God, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's a great actor, but. It's like he was actually him, you know. And I think that 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 person that did report that he probably he probably didn't like DC, probably like Marvel, so he probably gave a, a great review for Iron Man, you know. But even though yeah, the Marvel series is great, I love I love I love that stuff. But uh, you know, a great actor is a great actor. Um, like as I said, with Phil Morris, with with Heath Ledger, with people like that. Now these these are people that actually put themselves into their roles and and even with you you put yourself into your role and you have a great respect for the industry a great respect for yourself and you you have great respect for what you for for everything and and I can see that just just if somebody just looks at your resume and the roles that you have taken it's not like you're saying okay well I'll just do whatever because I'm going to do this no you're doing it but you're you're doing it but you're taking on the part as your own you, you make you. you're making it your own, and I think that's impressive. You know, I, I see movies and I see actors that that you know they don't they don't fit they don't fit in in, in the part they don't fit in the movie. It doesn't make any sense. You know, even though casting has a lot to do with it, but if you if you if you have a good casting agent, and they put you in a role and you make that role, you own that role. Come on, the project is going to be you know it's just going to get better. You know, producers will love you yeah. because they're making the money back. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. <laughs> In the end, that does, that is what it comes down to. They call it show business. That's it. Yeah, well, show business and uh, and then the words of the, well, you, you know how that goes with the show business and show money. So we, we won't, uh, I don't want to infringe on that too much. <laughs> but uh, now, now, Matthew, uh, why don't you tell us what else you have going on um, beyond the uh, theater project? Do you have anything else going on beyond what we spoke about? We've got no, just we've got the uh, the theater project, which you can see at uh, deafwest.org. We've got um, Just Say Love, which is the film, and you can keep up with that at uh, justsaylovemovie.com, and then also the HBO Imagine project, which is up on the web now. And actually, uh, I know it's going to Philadelphia and DC, and then it's going to start working its way west, and they'll be doing the live events mm-hmm. with that four-dimensional episode I was talking about. And mm-hmm. uh, again, at hboimagine.com, you can see the entire story with those with those four-sided or three-dimensional, however you want to put it, stories, plus all the other vignettes. And I'm in three of them total. Uh, I'm in the in the four-sided one, and then I have two others as well. So. Well, what was that? The Teddy Bear Chase, right? Yeah, Teddy Bear Chase, um, Art Heist, and Ransom Call. Okay, Are cool. the three that I'm in. Three of the four. See, you, you couldn't do the four, could you? Actually, they, they, they've used footage from one of the episodes in two other little vignettes as well. So I guess technically I'm in five, but ah, uh, so. as far as specific stories, I'm in three. Five out of four, that's not bad. No. <laughs> so you're doing good there, Matthew. All right, so, so why, don't you, uh, why, don't, you know, why don't you let our listeners know uh, what, your, uh, what your website is so they, they can follow your career. And, I, and before you even say that, I want our listeners to know that you know Matthew Jager, he is going to be uh, a staple in Hollywood 
just your demeanor, Matthew, and how you are, and 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 just talking to you today uh, convinces me that you know what you're on your way, the right way, where you need to be. And thank you very much. Yeah, and one thing that you're welcome, and one thing that I want is that as you go along in your career. Okay, is to to write down my name so you don't forget me, because we want to have you back on the show, and talk Absolutely. about because you're gonna have other projects going on, and you know talk about the uh, the stuff that you have going on, and uh, really just follow your career because I think it's gonna be an amazing one. Well, thank you. I would I would love that. That that's awesome. Uh, why don't you uh, give us your website before I forget? <laughs> okay, uh, you can see me. It's uh, Matthew D Jager at Yahoo.com. It's uh, M A T T H E W D is in David. Yeah, you, you just screwed that whole thing up there, Matthew. So, MatthewDJager.com. God, if you email some guy at Yahoo, he's going to be very upset. Yeah, I know. Well, well people <laughs> say, well, I thought his name was Jager. He said now his, now his name is Yahoo. What's going on with this guy? I don't know. It's, uh, it's MatthewDJager.com, or actually, uh, you can also find I have a fan page on Facebook, too. So okay, you can so keep up with me on either or both of those. Okay, cool. So they can follow your career going on Matthew Jager on Facebook and pull up your fan page. They can go to MatthewDJager.com and Correct. find out more about you. Um, that's fantastic. Again, you know, Matthew, I want to thank you so much. I mean, I know that we're off schedule today, but it was a pleasure having you on the show. It's refreshing oh, to hear from from someone like yourself that's that's in there. You're in the trenches doing the stuff, but your view of of Hollywood, of, of your craft, of what you're doing is not distorted. And, and I love that because you're, you're you're real, and you know what? And I I'm gonna I'm going to send props out to your mom and dad for supporting you and doing what you're doing. I think that's fantastic. And mom was right. You you had to start when you were two. I don't know. You, and, and, and I want to see that footage. Oh my God, that's gonna come out. <laughs> you know. But when it comes out, tell you. Yeah, no. Well, tell her to wait until you until you get a little higher on on the ladder so that she can sell it and make some money. <laughs> it's not a bad deal. No, but seriously, you know, it's great to have the support from your family, all the different roles that, that you had. You know, I think that's fantastic. So, uh, again, yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, this was a great show, and we will have you back on at some point in the near future. But for yeah. our listeners, for our listeners, again, I'm going to give the websites one more time. Uh, you can watch uh, Matthew Jager on uh, on HBO Imagine. Go to hboimagine.com. And check that out. It uh, sounds like a really wild uh, and interesting uh, experience. Uh, and for just say love, you know, again, even uh, look whether you're 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 homosexual or not, whatever the case may be, I think that the premise of the movie uh, you can understand because it's real. Okay, uh, just go to justsaylovemovie.com. And I do recommend that. And then, for sure, for sure, Ch Children of a Lesser God, go to the go to the website, check out Matthew, check out Shoshana. Uh, let them, I mean, if you can go get tickets, if not, then you go to the scalpers, as I said earlier. Okay, but don't don't pay too much. But hopefully that that that's going to go out there and uh, be a traveling show. That would be awesome, and you guys can uh, you know, bounce all over the place and, and see the country. That's fantastic. And that website is deafwest.org. And uh, that's it for this uh, this segment, this edition, this show. Uh, Matthew, again, thank you, and uh, oh, thank I want you. yeah, I want you to come back on at some point down the road, and maybe you'll have uh, I don't know an Emmy, Oscar. You have something in your hands, hopefully. 
<laughs> yeah, you just tell me when. All right, brother. You got it. You enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Thank you. You too. What is your major malfunction? All let it be written. All let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.